0: Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show.
1: And I'm Paige Wesley.
0: And with us we have
1: a candy man's amount of
0: bees oh sick and i mean that both ways uh mm-hmm. sick and tight mm-hmm. and also sick and disgusting yeah mm-hmm. uh, we are back with episode two of our series on lori valo and chad what is it because i always want to Daybell. bell i don't know what's wrong with my brain that i keep wanting to call him chad daybreak which sounds like the front That's man a- <laughs> To one of the bands that Chad Daybell would definitely listen to.
1: Chad Daybreak sounds like one of Ken's friends.
0: <laughs> this is Chad Daybreak. He's uh, TV news weatherman, Barbara Ken.
1: Right, uh, right. His job is TV.
0: <laughs> his job? Yeah, that's right. His job is book.
1: His job is book. His
0: uh, job is book. We. <laughs> This is a fun episode despite the subject matter and I know that you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, Before we get started, wanted to say some stuff. If you want to help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast. That's the best way to help us make this show that you enjoy to listen to. Um, If you're a fan of Paige and our sister show... Horror Virgin, you should go see Horror Virgin Live! <laughs> <laughs> that is happening on September 24th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I'm a good friend who remembers information he just heard 40 seconds ago. Uh that is happening at Flappers in Burbank. Uh go ahead and get your tickets. Uh there is a link to tickets uh in the show description of this episode and they will sell out. So you're definitely gonna wanna go uh, and get those tickets. And mm-hmm. When I say sell out, I mean like as creators. Like if yeah, yeah, you yeah. if you come to the show, it is sponsored by ExxonMobil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and HelloFresh and Casper <laughs> Mattress and Factor Meals and whatever.
0: Well, actually, all of those things are cool. And you should uh, <laughs> enjoy those for as long also as Also
1: Shady our... rings. <laughs>
0: yeah. Again, all of these companies are cool for as long as our contracts are valid. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But I actually do enjoy them. Anyway, uh, yeah, go check that out. Like I said, link is in the show description. And uh, yeah, without any further ado. Oh, and listen to the Rooster Teeth podcast. That's the other thing. I got to tell more people about it because it's a very good show. It is available wherever you listen to podcasts uh, and also on the Rooster Teeth website. And now starting this Monday, back on YouTube, you can go to YouTube.com slash at Rooster Teeth Podcast, and that is the at symbol. So that is again youtube.com slash at Rooster Teeth Podcast. And without any further ado, let's hop into the show.
1: Hello. 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 Bzzz. these are our, our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning in to Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley.
0: And I'm Armando Torres.
1: And with us, we have... Hurriquakes!
0: Hurraquakes, indeed. Yeah, you just survived a magnitude 5 earthquake in the uh-huh. middle of a rare hurricane. Uh-huh. Um, which, I did a joke about it on the podcast, but I said, uh, Californians are understandably upset because that sentence is a complicated relationship with your daughter away from being any movie starring The Rock.
1: (laughs) Either that or having a prosthetic leg. Um, (laughs) That's true. Uh, I'm here to tell you that none of our patio furniture fell over. Nice. Therefore, I mean, I know there was, some people had mudslides or whatever, but like for me, it was just getting texts, DMs, phone calls, for days of people being like, do you have a bathtub full of water? Are you prepared? And me being like, (laughs) yo, the literal weather science people say that it's not gonna be a big deal. So I'm not gonna worry about it. And lo and behold, I just, I was in San Diego for half of it and then drove home in the middle of it. It was fine. And then I got home and just watched the rain from inside my house and was like, Nice. And then I went to Joanne's during the earthquake.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's the place that you want to be when there's an earthquake.
1: For sure. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to sit inside during all this rain, I need more yarn, which like.
0: Again. I never need
1: more yarn, but I do.
0: (laughs) You can't see it because it's a podcast. But Paige pointed behind her to her literal wall of yarn. I
1: have a wall of yarn um it's useful for sound dampening and calming me down so like you know Uh, yeah
0: you the only person who might have more yarn than you is like a tv show detective who's about to crack the case
1: (laughs) who just needs to make a diagram on a wall every once in a while i watch crochet videos on youtube and they have like a yarn room and i'm just like someday
0: (laughs) Yeah, things in Texas have been awful but uh to a different extent. We were we had a 45-day streak of the weather being over 100 degrees. Oh, um, I repeat it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. It's the worst thing ever and the only the thing that broke this historic 45-day streak um, was one day where it rained. That's it. It rained Ugh. for 5 minutes and it technically cooled dipped off everything. dipped below 100 yeah and it was one of those things where it just outside felt like a sauna it, it was it was hot and everything was wet it was disgusting it only rained for five minutes but it permanently changed well permanently for the day changed the atmosphere of Texas and then immediately after went right back to being over 100 degrees every single day
1: I also love that you were like permanently for a day for a little bit and I was like that's the definition of temporary yeah <laughs>
0: Well, permanent for the day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Look, God. I'm not. I got to get my IQ heat level. Madness. Yeah, it's fine. yeah, 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 yeah. That's a much better joke than what I was going to say, which is that I'm dumbing myself down to the Texas standard.
1: <laughs> Your brains are scrambled with spam. And you know what? <sighs>
0: We're just going to have to deal with it. I'm just glad that I have air conditioning and that my friends in Los Angeles got to suffer a little bit also. That's what I'm happy about. And I'm glad you're okay.
1: Oh, we're fine. It was, I mean, here's the thing. In places where mudslides are bad, it was really bad and the mudslides were bad. But in the rest of Los Angeles, it was just like, stay inside. People don't know how to drive when it rains. (laughs) Like That's how bad it was. It was just regular rain uh
0: so well there you go now you can say that you've lived through a hurricane and make everyone in i assume florida mad because you got to go through both
1: yeah because i just got to hang out we will rebuild we said is we just kind of like looked outside and we're like yeah it seems fine out
0: there we, we will rebuild she said as she slightly uh, altered her outside patio furniture
1: yeah, we moved the we had to move the succulents under the awning so that oh, they didn't no. get too much rain
0: jesus christ okay but that was well, the
1: amount of hurricane preparation that we did was just slightly shifting the succulents
0: yeah, I realize I still have, I think I may have talked about this before, I'm sorry, but I still have uh, my my Earthquake to-go bag. Uh, nice. Like, I have a bottles of water, flashlight, uh, rope, a shape. knife, yeah, like all the stuff that you need to survive and rob a McDonald's. Yep. Um, I have that all ready to go, and I realize that here, it's like... <laughs> I don't have a use for it. It's just a go bag when I guess they eventually like kick out Mexicans or something. I don't know. When the cockroaches
1: uh, take over. And by that, I mean the literal giant cockroach.
0: Yeah. Don't even joke about that page. You know, it's real. You know, it's real. You know, they're plotting something.
1: That's why I live with a husband who's willing to like run, save yourself and then kill one.
0: So like, you know. If I could Good. steal Jake from you, I would. And you, know I know it. you
1: and Todd, both of I've you, I know. Been
0: trying, but he's just too goddamn faithful.
1: <laughs> Every time I see Blaine, he's like, "So Jake's not here." I'm just like, <laughs> man, you guys all want to steal him,
0: and we will. We're working on a plan. We have shared custody. <laughs> Uh, I'll get them on Saturdays. Anyway, uh, we have a, a a story that we've been following for one episode now, and this is the second one. Mm-hmm. Um, the case, the curious case of Lori Vallow, Lori
1: Vallow, and Chad Daybell, and today is Chad Daybell's day.
0: Mm.
1: Um, once again, it's that case of like the media has latched onto certain parts of this case without really looking too deeply into other factors that I think would have contributed. And so there's not a ton out there about Chad Daybell. I had to do some digging for this episode and then lo and behold, come to find out he's just like an emo kid with a head injury. And like, you know, at a a certain point, like... This, it just kind of makes the story sadder at a certain point where you're just like, man, oh, if he had gone to a doctor.
0: (laughs) If anything, it makes my, it makes the story more relatable to my life because uh, an emo kid with a head injury sounds like most of my graduating class. (laughs) (laughs) And I can relate a lot more now.
1: Yeah. It's, he gets up there and he's like, look, my spiritual philosophy is. Closing the goddamn door. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> man, Chad. Uh, it's it's not that bad, but uh, it it's very interesting to kind of look through what we do know about him. Which, by the way, a lot of it comes from his own memoirs, which I'll reference as as we go because he's written a lot of them. Um, but it's definitely much like Laurie's story, a case of like. Someone displaying troubling attributes and instead of somebody stepping in and being like, hey, this seems weird, uh, the world and the groups that they have around them perpetuate it. And that definitely happens to Chad as well, where there's multiple points in his life where someone could have been like, hey, hey, guy, um, this is concerning. And instead of doing that, everyone's just like, he's such a good writer. <laughs> so like
0: <laughs> okay you know hey. fair enough i mean think about all the stuff that we do and say where we say awful terrible things Don't, about our lives
1: i armando uh, too many times in this episode as i'm reading through it i'm like that doesn't seem that weird and then i'm like oh no <laughs>
0: like, yeah,
1: because i'm like i know that the- here's the thing he it does get to a point of no return where you're like ah no that's way too weird but like up to a certain point I'm like oh I understand this kid like Mm -hmm. this makes sense and there's a lot of pieces where I'm like yeah you know what sometimes you're the creative weird kid and that's okay and but then you know things go really wrong and so like it's tough it's it's tough
0: yeah. yeah, I feel like this is going to be one of the episodes where I find myself weirdly relating to people. Oh,
1: a hundred. Be- because I know I did, which is I hate saying that because obviously this person is going to go on to do awful things, but also they're a person. And so like there are human aspects to them that you're like, oh, shit, I I know what that, that's like. I see myself there. And the difference is both choices potential traumatic head injuries Mm. uh and then a few other things um it's a lot going on
0: well Paige don't be so hard on yourself I truly believe that you will also go on to do just terrible awful things
1: (laughs) there's still time uh I'm young in dog years. Uh, so <laughs> no,
0: no, you're fucking ancient in dog years. What are you talking about? If a I'm dog, I'm bad at math. If a dog <laughs> ever found out how old you were, they would try to fucking burn you at the dog stake for being a dog witch, you <laughs> idiot. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, dog witch would be a fucking great emo band name. <laughs> we are dog witch. Yeah, yeah, but spelled like sandwich
0: dog witch
1: <laughs> i'm get just doing
0: the, i'm doing the math just for myself i'm 27 years old in dog years i'm 189 <laughs> page we would be fucking monsters <laughs> if we were dogs
1: oh dog witch playing at the galaxy in anaheim <laughs> california uh <laughs> oh my man God. anyway uh let's let's get into some sources let's dive yeah, into it yeah so we do still have the Netflix documentary sense of the mother. Um, we will still be using that a little bit today, but we have a lot of other sources. We're going to use a little bit more.
0: I just wanted to say really quick. Have you noticed? Uh, okay. I have gotten my own Netflix for the first time ever. Um, they had that thing where it was like, you couldn't use Netflix. If you were in, if you're not inside the home, you know what I'm talking about, right? Right. It was um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was the equivalent of like when you're 26 and you can no longer use your parents yeah, insurance Yeah, your health
1: insurance.
0: Yeah, it was all of that for the rest of us where we Except all had it's to The
1: Witcher. Yes.
0: You could no longer <laughs> access The Witcher on your parents insurance.
1: You're 26, and, so Stranger Things is going to have to come out of pocket.
0: <laughs> and I'm almost at my deductible for Is It Cake page. I'm so close. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking close. I had to, for the first time ever, buy my own Netflix. And holy shit, let me tell you, I did not realize how expensive Netflix was. And now that I'm spending the amount of money that I am on stupid fucking Netflix, I have made more of an effort to try to watch things on it to make it make sense for myself financially. I did not realize that most of Netflix's current lineup is just here's the news in a terrible documentary they yes. have yes they have Their a documentary bad they, yeah they have a whole fucking i think series now on the johnny depp amber heard fucking i watched trial. it i'll save you the time
1: don't watch it
0: that's what i'm saying i'm not i could tell yes i didn't know, i know that you watched it because you were like i gotta glean this for any kind of information that yes. might be interesting <laughs> yeah but it's absolutely. just like it's fucking they're bad and i i don't know I hate I I find it so troubling and strange that Netflix is is like we're going to pump out this documentary immediately after this terrible thing happens so you can get it because I did not question the fact that this Lori Vallow case had a Netflix documentary already uh, until I saw their other older lineup
1: yeah this one has actually been out for a while Uh, it it had they did this one in like 2021 um, right after kind of as the search was ongoing and had just concluded, um where they had like just found the bodies. And it's primarily about Lori's earlier life. So it's a lot of like what we covered in the last episode, and it's told largely through her son Colby. Um, and so it's very useful in that respect. But once we get into more of what we have uncovered since that documentary in like the next episode, then it's not as useful. But for this one, just some highlights of some of the kind of books and stuff she was reading that are written by Chad Daybell, that's kind of where what we're using it for in this one.
0: Sure, absolutely. I, I see that, look, we've both watched an ungodly amount of television and movies to try to get a small answer for an episode oh, that we're yeah. writing it's just the price that you have to pay doing this i'm saying it like it's a fucking terrible thing <laughs> but it's like yeah it's you sometimes we have to watch hours of stupid bullshit to answer a stupid question that no one even asked us to answer oh um, i've
1: got some of those in this
0: <laughs> in this for sure fucking exactly that's what i'm saying my point is i think That Netflix put in a terms and agreements thing where they could sort of look at what our phones are doing and what we're up to, and they know when people are doing crimes and when they're going to get caught for them. And I think that they're pre-making the documentaries. That's all I'm saying. I think Netflix is actually the world's greatest detective, and they're not saying it because they're forcing me to pay $14 to watch Bojack Horseman for the third time in a row. They're
1: just minority reporting us.
0: Yes. But they Mm -hmm. don't have the rights to minority report anymore, Mm -hmm. so they will not Mm -hmm. call it
1: that. won't call it that. They will call it, it an
0: unnamed Tom Cruise future cop movie.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I I think because I've started watching stuff on on things that are not Netflix, I because of Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod, I have every streaming app and I write them off for taxes. And so I that's also why A I say Netflix's documentaries are largely bad uh, because I watch documentaries other places, but also it's the the Amazon Prime one that I watch a lot of stuff on because a lot of my su- subscriptions are through it has a terrible algorithm. Like at least Netflix is like, we know you've watched like 14 seasons of The Witcher. How would you like all the seasons of Bridgerton, you lusty bitch? Like they kind of get it. Amazon is like, you've watched two seasons of this old crime show on Stars. How do you feel about toddlers in tiaras and i'm like what no <laughs> like you you are misunderstanding me completely
0: yeah, I watched one movie that was like, I can't even remember what the movie was because I was so fucking baked when we watched it, but it was like Trump versus the Velociraptors. And now <laughs> now Amazon Prime is like, so you want to know the fucking truth, huh? And it's just sending me like a <laughs> oh, bunch of QAnon Armando, documentaries from the perspective not- of QAnon.
1: I had to watch one for this. You are not fucking ready for the weird conspiracy theories we are going to get to in this episode i okay. we got to keep going because yeah, i want, I can't us. wait to see your expression please anyway we do still have uh the lori vallow case summary and sentencing uh articles from the independent uh but then we're adding an article from deseret news which again is a mormon news outlet but this is more just for a timeline um the article is called chad daybell was a cemetery sexton dug graves in utah um Yes, I know the term sextant is weird. It just means basically cemetery maintenance. We'll get into that later.
0: Don't okay. Don't don't come up with a new name. I don't want to work at a cemetery and have the word sex in my job title.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I I mean, like, don't you though? No. Because like, it's, it's the unsexiest job, but at least you, it's like a little bit of redemption. They could just call it grave liquor instead or just no. like power washer of the dead.
0: That, <laughs> oh no, hold on. Now that is cool. Right? And I, and right? yeah, that's, that's what I will be referring to him as for the rest. Just of like spraying
1: episode. down graves. Anyway, um, then we have an article from in uh, Business Insider called Preparing a People, the Doomsday Prepper Group, Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell were involved in. And then we have an article from the Daily Beast. Doomsday dad Chad Daybell obsessively killed bees as a kid. Now, <laughs> Daily Beast, not a great source. I understand. I get it. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. They pull a lot of their article from his own memoirs. So again, grain of salt. Um, But they're one of the best articles that breaks down the multiple memoirs he has written about himself to kind of cobble together a through line. They're also one of the only publications to do a profile on Chad Daybell and not Lori Vallow. Um, I as I was looking at this, I was kind of shocked by how much people were focusing on Lori and not Chad when they Together did the crime. And I think there's a few reasons for this. Number one, Chad's court case is not till next year, or at least his appearances in court are not till next year, 2024. Uh, so I think maybe because Lori has already been sentenced, that's why there's a lot of buzz around that. Uh, but also because they were Lori's children, I think people are like, well, that makes her more guilty. And I'm like, they're both guilty. <laughs> like it's whatever. And also. Uh, We won't talk about it in in this episode. It'll be more in the next episode. The children are only two of four, potentially five victims that are in this case that people don't always think about because, in addition to the two kids, there's uh, Chad's wife, Tammy. Uh, There is uh, Lori's husband, Charles. And then there's Lori's brother, Alex. All of those people kind of mysteriously die around this case and so to just make it a oh it's the Lori Vallow case or it's this it it's not really doing it justice Chad has a a ton of involvement and we will talk about it in this episode and again, big ol' allegedly, A, because we're basing this off his memoirs, so obviously he's a biased source. But also, B, we do have to do a lot of speculation because there's just not as much information as there is about Lori. The other thing with Lori is her family has talked to the media. Chad's family has been a little more quiet. Uh, so that kind of makes a difference as well. Brief recap of last week. Uh, if you weren't with us, I recommend going back to listen to it. But just in case you forgot what happened, um, from Lori's childhood through adulthood, it does seem like there is a persistent history of potentially untreated mental illness within the family, not just her. Uh, and again, these are just opinions. I am not a doctor. Um, but there seems to be a clear pattern of that within the family, particularly after Lori learns of the child abuse occurring with her third husband, potentially tied to some PSD from that abusive relationship. The, the visions, etc., seem to escalate after that point. Um, But last week we covered all the way up to the point where she started reading a book series called Standing in Holy Places written by Chad Daybell, and that's who we're going to focus on today. As I mentioned, a lot of this is going to be from that Daily Beast article because they used his memoirs um, and because they covered the time before he met Lori. Very important. Um, The other uh, one to really pay attention to source-wise is the Business Insider article We're going to talk about it a little bit, but if you're curious, I highly recommend reading it because they dig deep on the convention where Chad and Lori met, and we'll cover it, but it's worth reading. It's an interesting read, I would say. So one of the things that I did find in that Business Insider article is a bit of a rabbit hole where you can actually see the presentation Chad gave at the convention the year he met Lori, and I can't stress this enough just read the daily beast article instead uh that that presentation is boring uh chad has the charisma of cardboard and the delivery of eeyore and it's it's not the vibes ain't vibin it's what, it's not good
0: what is the what is the title of the presentation
1: it's literally just an overview. It's like his life and going through the inspirations for his books. Gotcha. So like you get a lot of the same information that you'll get from the Daily Beast article, as well as a lot of stuff that we're going to cover next week about what he and Lori kind of end up believing together. Um, but it's it's very generic doomsday prepper shit. Um, but he talks like this. I liked baseball as a kid there's a picture of me in baseball like that is the entire presentation and you're just like motherfucker you made slides
0: if i had to listen to that for over an hour uh i would also believe that the world was ending because there's no other explanation for why i just sat through all of that it can't be for nothing (laughs) you're like
1: open the scrolls send the horses (laughs) like this is (laughs) done um but let's dive into Chad's life, not the boring one, the, the one that we have some information about. So Chad was born in Provo, Utah on August 11th in 1968 to a very traditional Mormon family. And most profiles of Chad skip from there directly to him attending BYU University we're not gonna we have to talk about his childhood because it's fucking weird
0: yeah because he mostly just fucking killed bees is what i'm hearing
1: we're gonna get to the fucking bees okay so like so much (laughs) happens in his childhood um his family shortly after he was born moved to springfield utah and that's kind of where he grew up and it's a small town only about thirty-five thousand people live there today, according to a twenty-twenty census. Um, it's definitely the suburbs, and it's believed to be over eighty percent LDS families. Wow! Many of whom, yeah, I know. Uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna play a part, <laughs> I would say. Um, many of them moved out towards Springfield from Salt Lake City to settle down. Basically, once Salt Lake City grew into kind of a bigger city. It kind of pushed people out towards the suburbs. So that's how they end up there.
0: That's such a, yeah, I I don't know that this is everyone's experience, but I will say that growing up in Southern California in uh, the time that I grew up, it every single different school that I went to, there was just one big Mormon family. That's it. It was just one massive family of Mormons, and it, it, that's all we had. That's just what we had. I, I, again, I don't know that this is everyone's experience, but it was definitely I, I mine. don't
1: think that's everyone's experience. I think if you live in Missouri or Utah or a handful of other states, uh, Nashville, like there's a lot a lot of mormons that's what i'm saying
0: yeah i think that to me would blow my mind just because and again i'm not trying to i'm not trying to villainize anybody i'm not trying to say anything is bad but they were definitely a weird family (laughs) every single time and it was kind of like okay well not totally like this i was gonna say it was kind of like twilight where they only hung out with each other but i forgot the key point of (laughs) twilight where they fuck each other which is not was not the case uh for no
1: but twilight is written by a a mormon Mormon woman and that's why they don't fuck until they get married
0: oh yeah 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 well that's like the whole thing because he's an ungodly devil beast but he still got uh love for jesus in his heart um the jesus that came to america his
1: marble chested heart yes Yes. the jesus that came to america
0: in his fucking joanne's fabric glittery ass chest yes uh Anyway, no, that's it. Just like they, they were mm-hmm. I, I every school I ever went to had one large strange Mormon family. I could not imagine 75% or whatever of the population. 80%. Just, my god. That is a yeah. lot of Mormons. Yeah. Dude, uh, owning a they'll... coffee shop there would be fucking impossible.
1: <laughs> well, there are businesses and stuff there. Um I don't know if there's a coffee shop. Probably. At least for the 20% who aren't. Um,
0: <laughs> you better fucking but, drink coffee. You better drink coffee, Tyler. I'm going under, dude. <laughs> I'm
1: going to need you to triple your intake of coffee, Tyler.
0: <laughs> Tyler, uh, I'm so fucked. Why did I do this? I thought I could franchise a Starbucks out here. It would make so much money. No one ever comes here. Oh, God. Um, anyway, rows
1: of modest but nice houses driveways, picket fences, mom and pop businesses, a main street running through town, traditional suburban americana is what this is. But Chad super didn't fit in. Um described by multiple people, teachers, people who knew him at the time from a very young age, at least according to his memoirs and people who've gone on record, he was kind of obsessed with death. Oh. And here's the thing, the way people describe this I wouldn't call this too weird. Uh, I feel like under different circumstances, he would have just been the spooky kid who grows up to be an adult with impeccable taste in media. Um, You know, he would have been an us, essentially. (laughs) It's like he's the kid who watches Law and Order too early. Like, that's what this is. Um, But because he was kind of spooky and weird, he got bullied a lot. And because it's the 70s and early 80s, it's real bully like he's getting the shit beat out of him all the time (laughs) um and in response to that he retreated into his writing that's kind of how he channeled those feelings and his teachers who maybe didn't see the bullying or maybe saw it but didn't really have a way to stop it they really encouraged his writing In the fourth grade, he wrote like a fun crime mystery story called The Murder of Dr. J and His Assistant, which his teachers reportedly loved and shared with other staff and classmates. But it seems to have been kind of like a murder mystery. Like that's the kind of spooky kid we're dealing with. It's definitely the kind of spooky you and I were where it's like, I'm a kid who wants to know too much about Jonestown, like that kind of shit. Um, But he gets the shit beat out of him for it all the time. And here's the thing, even modern day, there's not a ton of debate as to whether or not Chad's a good writer. Um, his skill as a writer's not really come into question. There may be some people who don't like his books, uh, and I was gonna pull reviews, but a lot of them pre 2020, like before the case, were four and five stars. Like it's weird religious fiction, but people think it kind of slaps. So like. It may not be your thing, but you can't go around being like, it's terrible. He's just a weird dude. You know, that's kind of what it's like. And he he writes a couple of different memoirs as well. We'll go into a couple of them as we go. But they're written in kind of a David Sedaris style of like vignette stories of weird things that happens to him. And he does have kind of a good knack for isolating what stories would be interesting, which, of course, makes it difficult to like fact check and use this as an actual biography but it makes them very very readable in fact his biographies are some of his best sellers okay um outside of the lds
0: group so yeah it's just very interesting to me knowing that how fucking boring a majority of the life is to you know what i mean yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, just as like a side thing that is not important at all, um, I found out, I looked it up and in his hometown, there is a singular Starbucks <laughs> and it <laughs> appears to be, <laughs> it appears that the only Starbucks in town is uh, a com- combined into what looks like a marketplace and a car wash so it is a combination. Like a
1: Bucky's or something like that?
0: Apparently, it's like a combination like store, car wash, and Starbucks coffee. And that is the singular one. And I also found out that. <laughs> Starbucks only has, within the entire state of Utah, only has 101 locations. What? Compared That's to... That's such a small amount. Yeah, compared to, like, any other state. Give me... Uh, let's say fucking Colorado, for example. Sure. Colorado has uh, 501. So, five times the amount of... Okay. Uh, and that's, that's in how Colorado. many are
1: in California? Oh,
0: I look. I googled that one first because I wanted <laughs> to see. Uh, California has three thousand and eighty. 000? Three thousand. Okay. We yeah. have about nineteen percent of all of the Starbucks stores in the United States.
1: That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I I when you mentioned there was one in his hometown, I wondered if it was one of the kinds that we have here, which is literally a tiny drive-through Starbucks where there's no inside. It's just a drive-through um it appears i thought so. maybe that was it it okay. is it
0: is, it, it is starbucks at smithy's which is the name of the thing and then okay. uh it says drive through, and it does not appear that you can go inside of it <laughs> um but they also great. have connected a drive through car wash i don't know i might be looking at this incorrectly
1: oh, i mean it might be awesome though like that sounds cool like, that sounds true great.
0: yeah I don't know. Again, this is showing how different my childhood was because Starbucks was the one place all middle schoolers could go to like play loud music on the Wi-Fi, download apps before school and make out with their girlfriends.
1: Good night. I remember when Starbucks came to California, like when we got like I was a I think in middle school when we got the first Starbucks locally and it was a big deal. And people would like go there to check it out. It was weird anyway. Oh,
0: yeah. They were like a Starbucks was like a place that you would fucking hang out when I was a kid. And what's weird is that he would have fucking loved Starbucks. I know it
1: It would have been like his home base
0: where people just write moody stories
1: on their laptops like he would have fit right the fuck in.
0: That is most of Starbucks. Most of Starbucks is people writing the worst literature that you could possibly imagine and uh, paying for the Wi-Fi one water cup and a black coffee at a time.
1: Now, here's the thing I will say. Starbucks does have non-caffeinated drinks and non-hot drinks. So, like, there are things Mormons could order at Starbucks, I would imagine
0: oh absolutely and uh, i'm i'm sure that i'm sure i'm sure that that one <laughs> starbucks at smithy's is, is very successful Fucking
1: popping yeah anyway uh in his memoirs at this very moody teenage time
0: mm-hmm. uh, he
1: talks about coming home from school one day after being bullied and he was super upset and saw a honeybee pollinating a flower and just killed it for no reason what the fuck what the fuck and then according to his memoir went on to compulsively kill 120 more bees now i'm not saying he's the reason we have a bee shortage but speculation zone maybe he's just been killing bees this whole time
0: (laughs) okay i i was gonna say i understand i should clarify I, and we're still in speculation, speculation zone, so I'm allowed to do zone. this. Uh, welcome to the zone. Speculation zone. Yeah, yeah that's right. We mm-hmm. stole out of zone's mm-hmm, theme song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's clear that he's doing something because he's bullied. And, and this he needs is control. something. Yeah, this is something he can control. Because a yeah. bee, I think it's weird. That, actually, now that I say it out loud, I think it's weird that you chose the one bug that famously can fight back. Uh,
1: <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, or praying mantises or whatever, but like you can't find 120 of those. Um, But The
0: thing is like, dude, kill ants. Everyone for all time has burned ants with magnifying glasses because they can't really fight back. You chose the one bug that can fucking prison shank you and then call its friends to come do the same. Uh, so I get, I get, I get the thought behind that of needing control of needing to reflect that on somebody else and doing that because you're killing something that is as defenseless as you feel. And it makes you feel stronger. Um, yeah, it's, it's still, still not okay, it's, but st- I it's understand not okay. the impulse.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's I, I think to. it's,
0: I think it's fucking weird. That's what I'm saying is like, I understand conceptually what he is doing. I still think it's fucking weird to choose bugs although again i have i have very publicly called for the genocide of bugs so mm-hmm. it, it, what I, I guess what i'm getting at is like i feel sorry for him i'm it sucks that this happened i understand what he's doing and why it's a bad thing but at the same time he is technically my hero at this point in time where he is genociding bees and other bugs although bees i don't weirdly i don't have a problem with
1: yeah, I me neither. beat bees are on my good list. Uh, but for me, this rang similar to maybe someone who self harms as a need mm. for control, where it's like it's still not a healthy way to process those emotions. One hundred percent. But it's not so crazy. I'm like, no, I get why. Like th- this makes sense. It's not so far out of the norm that I can't explain it. And it. I think even in him admitting it in his memoir, I think that's where his brain is at about it, too. Now, granted, the memoir this is from is written before shit really pops off. We'll get to it.
0: I think and this might be a joke in poor taste, but I think given everything that we know about the importance of bees to our environment, you can actually now categorize this as technical self-harm. Yes. Killing a bunch of bees is technically, is technically changing, changing the environment in a way that is <laughs> yes. completely fucking us. So
1: now in that memoir, the thing that he said stopped him from killing bees is something that he simply calls the voice apparently a bee spun around in the chair and hit the button and was like, You're going to Hollywood. No,
0: um, oh, that's good. I was gonna say, like, he heard a bee go, No, please, no,
1: please. please, I speak for the bees. Um, no, the voice, uh, now this is where he starts to claim to hear voices. Now, I think this is very, very different from the way that Lori Vallow was hearing air quotes, angels. Um the way Chad describes it, this seems more like an internal monologue or an intuition, but it was big enough in his life that he writes it into every single subsequent book he wrote.
0: Okay. After this, Um, does he, I mean, stop me if we're getting too far ahead with this question, but does he see it as some sort of divine intervention or is this just like,
1: yes. And I'll explain why in just a moment. And, And here's the thing. I don't, Think it is necessarily? I mean, I think it is in the sense of like some some people who are very religious might be like the Holy Spirit protected me from doing that because I just didn't have a right feeling about it, right? Other mm-hmm. people would call it intuition—that idea of like, oh, I feel like I should do this or this. Like, I have an internal something. That's more what I feel about it, but it's about to change, uh, because he continues getting bullied and occasionally killing bees into his teen years until something tragic happened, and this is speculation zone.
0: Sure, yeah, I just made a face because being a teenager and killing bees is way too late to be killing bees, my guy.
1: Well, but again, that was like, he'd been bullied for a long time, and so I do equate this with that, like, self-harm mentality of needing control.
0: Absolutely, and I am making a joke because I just think that killing bugs is, like... It's middle school behavior, dog. School you got to step shit. it up. You got to start fucking doing real sad boy shit, like crushing fucking Twisted T's, my brother. Hell yeah. Against
1: the heads of racists. Um, <laughs>
0: it's my is... favorite Twisted tea story. I was trying to explain to my coworkers how Twisted T just skyrocketed yes. into popularity because of a Did, viral video. Had they video. never
1: seen the video?
0: No. No what? one has seen it.
1: That in video case, is awesome.
0: <laughs> in case you're unfamiliar there's a video of a black dude who's just trying to buy a twisted tea at a gas station and this uh white trash dude i'll just call a spade a spade he is clearly a white trash dude is getting in his face and saying the n word and uh, and also doing it in the way where he you can tell that he says it all the time because yes. he's like and trying it to use it in an it.
1: aggressive, insulting, attacking way. Not oh, like yeah. like he's deliberately doing it to make him angry and to hurt him. You know, like that is why it's not just like oh I thought it was cool. It's like no, I know it's not cool, and I'm gonna keep yeah. saying it.
0: It's a there's a hate crime going on, and then things turn physical, and then the dude <laughs> takes the fucking twisted tea he was about to buy, and the white trash agitator goes, "What are you gonna do? Smack me with it?" And then he fucking he you, just does smacks him with it, boom, and it explodes. That guy goes down. <laughs>
1: it's so satisfying. You're just it like-
0: is hey if it, it fucking rips dude it's well and it's awesome. a tall
1: boy of twisted t too, which is oh, my yeah. favorite so it's like a, ma- a full tall boy to the dome <laughs> it's just fucking rough yeah shouldn't have said the <laughs> n-word that was an easy
0: thing to avoid <laughs> and then i i just love that twisted t's social media team they never mentioned it but they were clearly like yeah, this rips, dude. Yeah. This is great oh, yeah. for us. Twisted tea, the official drink of fuck racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just need a
1: crest with, like, a folding chair and a twisted tea.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure at one point they, they like, addressed it by saying, like, twisted tea, it smacks, or something <laughs> like that, which is fucking awesome, dude. I love it. Anyway. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should be smacking though. open cans of twisted teas.
1: Yes. Uh. <laughs> so... We've been doing this podcast for six years now. Uh, we've had hundreds of stories like this. And whenever I say, hey, something tragic and bad happened that changed the course of this person's life, taking them from uh, a, a weird, nerdy kid to someone who aided in abetting in the killing of two children and three adults. Any guesses?
0: Uh, man... I got a few and all of them are really, really upsetting. Let's do Um, it. I'm going to go with (laughs) the family feud of fucked up shit. I'm going to go with uh, show me dead parents.
1: Oh, no. No dead parents. No. Parents are very much alive. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. This one hurts to say, but we've seen it so many times, especially from people like Manson. Uh, Show me horrifically assaulted. No. No horrific assaults you're two Thank down God. you got one
1: right. x left
0: um <laughs> i know it's not this but show me took way too much psychedelics
1: no although i would say this is the other side of that coin where like where you, taking too many psychedelics could alter your brain chemistry and he's gonna alter it with blunt force trauma <laughs> Oh, it's a fucking
0: head injury. It's a How fucking did I traumatic head
1: injury. Yeah. Oh, damn
0: it. You know what my problem was, is I was thinking too much colts and not enough yeah. murderer. And
1: not enough murderer. That's true. Because murderer, traumatic head injury, almost always.
0: Traumatic head injury, uh, bullied bed in, wedding, in childhood, yeah. and bedwetting. Those are the Fires. top three. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually killing small animals, such as bees.
1: bees. Yeah. So in August of 1985, Chad was 17 and he jumped off a cliff into a swimming hole at Flaming Gorge Reservoir in northern Utah. Now, a note about this particular cliff and swimming hole. uh, Multiple people have died doing this exact (laughs) same thing. In fact, so many people have died doing it there are now ropes and fences and signs to try and stop people from doing it but chad did it and survived Mm -hmm. question mark now (sighs) i'm go for it
0: i'm upset because i know that i would also do it even if they still had the ropes all you would have to tell me is like oh yeah well chris's older brother chad did it and he's perfectly fine and i'd be like chad like kills bees chad well pff, clearly i gotta do it and then i would also do it i i well, hate that about myself
1: so that's why chad did it his friend did it first and was fine and survived <laughs> it and was okay
0: that's just what i Talking about, dude. Yep. Oh yep. my god! All it takes to all it takes to get a boy to do something that will probably kill him is to just say somebody else did it, and then our boy brain goes, "I gotta do it too," <laughs> and then we we will sacrifice ourselves for the fucking for the fucking boys, baby.
1: Mike Birbiglia has a great bit about this on his Secret Public Journal album, where he and his older brother and his older brother's friend. Are at like a watering hole very similar scenario and his older brother's friend just says do it do it and just repeats it and, it, and then eventually he jumps but like yep. that's what this is that's exactly what happened um something about the positioning in how chad hit the water is what caused the injury so he says that when he hit the water It felt like hitting concrete and he Mm. felt a pop at the base of his neck and Mm. worried that he had broken his neck and lost consciousness in the water. Um, But he claims that while he was in the water, he felt what he describes as his soul being pulled out from the top of his head, but it got stuck, which is a, a weird thing to describe. But he says next He saw an endless white room that was warm and filled with music, but he was pulled out of it when one of his friends swam out to save him. But for weeks after this incident, he had abnormalities in his eyesight where he would just go blind and would like hit his head to then see again.
0: And he fonzied
1: his vision back he he fonzied his right eye where his right eye would go blind and then he'd like hit himself in the head and then he'd be able to see again again according to him but to me that that's like something's wrong right like there's a medical issue um and he likely suffered a a traumatic head injury um a a serious concussion any number of things but a traumatic head injury
0: it is very upsetting, and it sucks that that happened, and I'm only laughing because of the thought that he fixes it like my dad fixed our shitty cable TV yes. when we were. <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking slam it, and then it'd start working, and then everyone go, oh, oh, okay, just leave it alone, and that's what he's doing to his own fucking
1: brain. What the fuck, That's what dude? Jake was doing to our old toaster oven uh, where he was just like, <laughs> It okay, it makes a loud buzzing sound, but I was like, we should just get a new toaster oven.
0: Yeah, yeah, imagine that. But it's your, fucking, it's your eye. fucking
1: eye. Um, now from his memoirs, it seems like he didn't seek any like ongoing medical help for this other than one or two checkups. And supposedly, there were no lasting effects, or were there? I think there were. I think this is like a turning point. Yeah. Um, He considers this to be his first near-death experience. And he credits it with a lot of what would shape his beliefs later. He gets obsessed with near-death experiences later. And I think in part because he believes he had one. It's either that or he just thinks they're cool. Uh, But either way, he believes at this point he saw through the veil of the living and he is now able to perceive the coming end times as described in Revelation.
0: Do we? Okay. Well, that's a lot more intense than I thought that was going to get. Do we know what time this was? Uh, this is 1985. 1985. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I my my
1: your satanic panic sense is tingling as
0: it should uh that was part of it but i'm gonna be real with you my uh i wonder if he just saw the movie flatliners sense was really tingling because very possible if you had told well flatliners came out in 1990 so this Uh, is five years possible
1: we'll we'll talk about it but this is a persisting belief
0: interesting okay because eventually i just want to let you know eventually flatliners does come out which if i'm already having these thoughts and i see that movie i go well there it is yeah there, there it is. is
1: um and we'll cover it in just a second but something else happens in 1993 that's going to like solidify this for him
0: yeah flatliners 2 that's right yeah. baby mhm mm-hmm. i actually i don't think that's real
1: uh yeah i i don't remember but uh after this injury chad goes to byu Uh, And he gets super into the philosophy of a man named W. Cleon Skousen. When did Flatliners 2 come out?
0: Uh, Well, sorry. Flatliners uh, 2017 is a science fiction psychological horror film uh, that is a standalone sequel to and also a remake of the original Flatliners.
1: They pulled an Evil
0: Dead. Yeah, I just, sorry. The, no, I, I was paying attention. I just wanted to know if there was a Flatliners too. No,
1: I did too. Uh, anyway, so W. Kleon, Kleon? Skousen. Klingon. Uh, Klingon. We have to talk about this guy. He has to have his own episode. But for right now, I need you to get a taste of how batshit crazy this person is. Uh, and this is who Chad gets obsessed with, okay? So... W. Cleon Skousen is an ultra-conservative Mormon conspiracy theorist. He Hmm. also claims to have been a secret agent for the FBI during World War II, although the FBI claims he mostly did minor clerical work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, that's just what they would say, Paige.
1: That's what they would say. At one point, he was also elected police chief. Of a small town despite having no qualifications. And he lost that job when he arrested the mayor of that town <laughs> at a friendly card game. Because he was violently opposed to gambling. That and I fucking- mean like a poker game at a person's fucking house. Yeah, a home game. That fucking rocks, dude. That's awesome. It's fucking He's bonkers it's one of the craziest things i've ever read anyway uh (laughs) he then went on after losing that police chief job uh, a little bit before the police chief but then definitely after he went and taught at byu off and on through the 50s through the 70s but he eventually left in 1978 over concerns about over politicizing his courses specifically This is at the time that the Mormon church had faced backlash over not allowing black men into the priesthood. And Skousen claimed that this was a communist attack on their beliefs.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Now uh, I I also have to note, and this should probably not surprise you that when he arrested that mayor for gambling at somebody's house, uh, he also had his followers put flaming crosses on the mayor's lawn. So I don't think it's like just Mormonism. (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) i
1: think he's just a racist dick back um
0: but also
1: (laughs) in the 80s and 90s he partners up with the guy who wrote the left behind books as a conservative think tank what yeah my dude yes okay okay
0: this all right all right i can't i can't because we're just gonna spend it's gonna be its own episode and that's what i have to tell myself
1: well before that i need to tell you what he believed and why he basically got kicked out of byu
0: okay
1: because he was trying to teach ultra conservative courses and prepper courses um and that's because he he believed he opposed all federal regulatory agencies specifically osha and the epa He led, like, a one-man crusade against Osha. It's wild. This
0: guy is incredible just an incredible (laughs) specimen well of
1: of, of craziness yes for
0: sure that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah. oh yeah i don't look up to this guy this guy had the same job as fucking uh steven seagal and Shaq, where they just showed up and became the chief of police or whatever (laughs) Yeah. yeah 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 ruined it in the most outlandish way possible and then continued to that like that part should just be its own like wow what a wild and crazy guy and then it keeps going oh that's it's,
1: it's only gonna get crazier because not only did he hate osha with a passion uh he wanted to get rid of the minimum wage obviously mm-hmm. uh, eliminate unions uh, remove all anti-discrimination laws sell off the national parks <laughs> To the highest bidder Just whoever wanted them Uh, He wanted to get rid of income tax And estate tax He wanted to remove the separation of church and state And end the federal reserve But on top of that He believed that the first group of colonists From England were communists And that the Russians stole Sputnik From the United States He got in trouble in 1987 Which by the way Is around the time that Chad is obsessed with him uh, in 87, he suggested in one of his books that American slave children were freer than white non-slaves. Again, mental gymnastics to make that work. Yeah. Uh, but then he also, again, at the same time, when Chad is super into him, he believes the U.S. Constitution was written by God himself. Now, <laughs> what? yeah, divinely inspired like the Bible. He also believed that President Dwight Eisenhower was a secret communist and was trying to partner with China to overthrow the U.S. Don't know how that one makes any sense. But then he also claimed that the Rockefeller family and J.P. Morgan and other Wall Street bigwigs conspired to elect Jimmy Carter, which makes the least amount of sense. I was like, you don't even understand what you... Anyway, uh, to create a one-world government. Uh, He also believed that local police departments were being undermined to create a national police state. Again, I don't even know how that remotely could make sense. Um, And then he, he basically influenced a number of people in modern conspiracy thought. One of the people that credits them as one of their like mentors, people they look up to is Glenn Beck is like that guy. That's the guy. I'm like, this is who Chad is super into, as yep. this is all happening, yeah, so as Chad is into that philosophy and reading a lot about it, he also gets super into Mormonism and elects to go on his mission early. So for two years, he travels and lives in a place more exotic than Utah could ever dream to be. New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's awesome. So every morning he wakes up and it's just fucking uh woke up this morning, got myself a what would he even get? He can't do any of the fun stuff. Got, got myself, myself a milk. <laughs> <laughs> got myself a milk. Oh my god. He did not have oh. a good time. <laughs> No. <laughs>
1: no, he had a pretty bad time in Jersey. And it basically confirms for him his ultra conservative biases already. Uh, and he came home from those two years with not much to show for it. And so now. He's a poor college student. He's traumatized by New Jersey. Yeah, uh,
0: he, he's a fucking nerd who went to bully the city. Yes. It's just yes. The, the city that chews you up and spits you out smelling like garbage. Yeah,
1: It rips yeah. the shirt from your back. It's a suicide ride. Like, it's literally <laughs> like they make songs about how terrible Jersey is. <laughs>
0: uh, oh, that fucking rocks. I'm sorry.
1: Continue. No, for sure. So he's like traumatized by Jersey, he's poor he has a probably has an untreated head injury uh and he has no money he needs money so he got the only job he could get at the time while he's getting his journalism degree from byu and that's grave sexton so this is where he starts working in a cemetery uh and he maintains the grounds and prep graves for upcoming burials and he seems to actually kind of like it um it, you know, it's that job where you're like, I don't mind doing it. Like, for right now, it's money. I don't hate it. You know, whatever. Uh, but around this time, he meets his future wife, Tammy, and they get engaged immediately because they are young Mormons who want to bone, and he's like, anything is better than Jersey.
0: Oh, my so, God. Yeah, he probably hasn't even boned yet. Yes. Uh, they the take most their- sex he's ever had is in his fucking job title. That's yep, awesome.
1: Yeah. Uh, But they take their engagement pictures in the graveyard. Oh, my God. uh, And reportedly, according to his memoirs, they were obsessed with the Smiths at the time. So he's just an emo kid with a head injury. I'm telling you, like, emo kid, head injury, Jersey experience. That's what's going into the soup right now of (laughs) crazy.
0: Up until this point, he just sounds like my uncle. And I don't mean my Mexican uncle. I mean my mom's fucking side of the family uncle. Yep. (laughs) yeah <laughs> it was just like yeah i love the smiths um i don't feel good most of the time <laughs> and i did not have a very good time in high school there you and go. now uh, yeah now he's a very successful uh uh openly gay teacher in long beach california living his best life. So best life life. that could have been chad
1: it could have been chad but chad graduated from biu byu decides not to go to grad school because The Voice told him not to. And I was like, was The Voice just your budget? Whatever. Anyway, (laughs) he gets a job at the Ogden Standard Examiner, which is a local newspaper about an hour away from his hometown. So still kind of living in the same-ish area, working at a local paper. And in 1993, that paper ran an interview with a woman named Betty Eady, which detailed her own near-death experience in her book, Embraced by the Light. Now. Due to flatliners and satanic panic and just a number of popularizations of clairvoyance and things like that at the time, the article is wildly popular. And whether it was the popularity of the article or another unfortunate but conveniently timed incident in Chad's life, it affects him deeply because only a couple months after the article ran, Chad and his brother took a vacation to La Jolla, California. They were on the beach out on the rocks. Chad, according to him, stayed out too long and the tide came in. And according to Chad, he couldn't get back and his head was smashed against the rocks. And he once again entered the white room with music, but this time he wasn't alone. He was greeted by people that he recognized as his Mormon ancestors. And they gave him a series of tasks before releasing him back into the world of the living, where he then crawled ashore covered in blood or at least that's how chad tells it because his brother who was there also said that his back got really scraped up and they did go to the hospital but he doesn't remember him ever losing consciousness okay so but according to chad from that point on uh the visions became increasingly more and more common and he believed they were sent to him from God. Now again he may have hit his head again. We don't know. The brother's a little hazy on on how it all went down. They were in the water, who knows. So over the next few years working in the graveyard, in 2001, Chad got inspired to write his first memoir, 1 Foot in the Grave. And it was basically a collection of stories of things that happened to him on the job. Now, this is probably one of his most popular books. Uh, And I do want to read just the description of the book from Amazon. In this entertaining book, readers will meet such characters as a lock-picking ghost, a coffin-chasing cow, a rock band with boorish graveside manners, and Mrs. Robinson, whose leg preceded her to the grave. Each chapter gives a behind-the-scenes look at different aspects of a Sexton's world, including cemetery blunders, meddling spirits, bizarre events, and efforts to outfox the Grim Reaper. It basically sounds like spooky jokes for kids, is what this sounds like.
0: I was going to say, this sounds like a pitch, uh, scarily similar to a pitch that I had for the first cartoon I ever wrote.
1: Right. Exactly. And and I was going to pull reviews, but it's definitely been review bombed. Anything post 2020 is people just being like, where are the kids? One star. Oh, my God. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> where are the kids? Five stars. That's five stars. the one. Those are the ones that I worry about.
1: Um, Everything preceding 2020 is mostly four and five stars. People do <laughs> seem to actually like the book.
0: You're a fucking murderer. 3 stars. I thought the Three plot stars. was pretty good.
1: It was actually I liked the vignettes. Um so it did it was moderately well received. It did well enough for him to start his own publishing company in 2004 guided by the voice to do so. And it was small. And it was kind of short-lived because publishing is expensive and the recession hit hard in 2008-2009. So he goes on to publish dozens of his own books stopping a couple times to work in a graveyard again. That's kind of his part-time job that he goes to whenever he needs money to keep the publishing company going. Uh, And most of his own books, aside from his memoirs, are fictionalized religious, like, action science fiction-y things surrounding the details of the Book of Revelation, but set in a crumbling America during the end times. And definitely with that ultra-conservative, doomsday prepper slant
0: yeah um yeah. they fucking love doing that there again yes. you can go through my amazon prime and see how many movies there are that exist that are just that plot over and over yep. again but yeah. they fucking love doomsday putting revelation into modern day crumbling america
1: absolutely and These books are kind of well-received within the LDS community, but he also starts publishing other authors that have near-death experience and similar stories. So he definitely carves out, like, a specific niche for himself where they kind of publish these books. And following the recession, he started to expand and partnered with the Preparing a People Convention. Now, the Preparing a People Convention, we have to talk about it a little bit. Please go read the Business Insider article if you want to know more. Uh, but it's built as a convention for self-reliance and preparedness. It's a prepper convention, and that has been historically super popular with LDS families because of a handful of LDS beliefs that they should be prepared to survive on their own at any time. I think this comes from when Joseph Smith was constantly on the run, you know, mm-hmm. like that kind of thing. Uh, they have since distanced themselves from Daybell, uh, but back in 2018, Chad had been working with them for years and was kind of like a co-sponsor of the convention. Like, it was a big deal that he and his other book people were going to be there and be keynote speakers. And in 2018, they held it in Wrexham, Idaho, where Chad had moved during the recession to save money. So they literally brought it to his hometown because he was the show. And it's at that convention that he would meet devoted fan of his books, Lori Vallow. And that's where we'll pick up next week
0: jesus christ yes it's fucking insane i'm gonna be real with you if i'm chad i'm never going in the fucking water again but <laughs> that, know, that right? man is as far as i am familiar uh oh for two on fun days yep. out in the water <laughs> Yes, that's like when i and i also i should say that i thought it was going to be worse because in i lived in san diego for a couple of years um, and you go down to San Diego often enough All the that, time. You, that you probably know this, too. Um, every single year, San Diego and its various beaches, La Jolla especially, mm-hmm. um, get so many injuries from people oh, yeah. who are visiting that try to jump off the pier into yep. the water and then immediately get hit into a rock or something. Or uh,
1: into one of the pier poles. Yeah. Like it's, it's, a, it's an elevated pier. <laughs> just get like yes. smacked up against
0: it. So it's like I thought. That's what he was gonna do. Like he was gonna jump into the water from the fucking pier and hurt himself in the same way. I'm glad that it wasn't. But holy shit, man, man, this guy is dumb. I'm just gonna say it. It's kind of his story. It's really stupid. It
1: it is an emo kid with a head injury. It's an emo what kid with a
0: head injury. That's what. Yeah, I. Uh, it could be. Hey. If you're listening to this podcast, I know for a fact that half of the things we said in this, you were like, yeah, me too, dude, me too.
1: I did write stories to feel better after killing all of them bees. (laughs) Yeah.
0: oh man Paige! thank you so much for bringing this uh again um i'm looking forward to next week's episode and hey if you the listener you want to find me on social media you can uh i am at mondo does stuff that's m-a-n-d-o does stuff all one word on instagram twitter tiktok um even twitch even though i don't stream as much as i should uh want to start doing that but you know what else i do i run a show called rooster teeth podcast it is a fun weekly show where we do a a fully produced filmed sketch at the beginning <laughs> and that's just Bet
1: you regret committing to that <laughs> i love it
0: and it is my favorite part and no one will ever take it away from me Uh, it is really fun and I love doing it every week. And then we do a whole podcast too, with, uh, games, goofs, jokes, uh, all types of fun stuff. And you should come listen to it. It is an absolute blast. And, uh, it is one of the best things that I've ever made. We are, we have a joke inside the office that we are truly making, uh, (laughs) what is it? The mug root beer, Dana Carvey show, (laughs) That's what we're doing. That's
1: deep cut comedy references, Brett.
0: (laughs) That's what we're making. We're making a show that's really good and we don't care who watches it because it's very fun. But you should come watch it. Uh, It's available everywhere. The Rooster Teeth site, uh, podcast apps, and starting this week on Monday back on YouTube. uh, You can go to youtube.com slash at... Uh, rooster teeth podcast that is youtube.com slash the at symbol rooster teeth podcast all one word go check it out thank you good night good luck i love you and goodbye forever
1: hey guys it's your girl i'm i'm here every week uh you can follow me at rampage wesley on instagram twitter blue sky threads whatever uh and at page wesley on twitter um You can also, if you like hearing my voice, you can listen to Horror Virgin or Romancing the Pod. And if you are in Los Angeles, September 24th, please come to Horror Virgin Live. There are not a ton of tickets left. We found out uh, how many we had sold yesterday and uh, we will definitely sell out. So if you are in the process of like, hey, should I get tickets? Should I not? Err on the side of getting them sooner than you would think, because there are not that many left. Uh, But. I will also be roast battling that week, September 19th uh, versus Ryan Nessen at the Comedy Store. Um, yeah, I love you so much. Thank you so much. Bye.
0: And if you want to follow our show on social media, you can uh, on Instagram at Cult Podcast.
1: Or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show.
0: You can also send us an email to Show at gmail.com.
1: Or if you have honey as an offering for all of the bees you've killed, you could send that to 3756 West Avenue 40 Sweet K number 237. Life like the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. Uh, and I think I'm going to say beware of the bee-venge. Uh, don't drink warm milk in the morning. Oh. Like, if it's been sitting out, like, don't drink dairy that's been sitting around.
0: No. What? It's that... said? <laughs> no. If you even thought that was a good idea, uh, stop it.
1: Don't do that. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.